You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 185. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. with the Earn That Body podcast here today with an awesome subject matter, perhaps something that you've uh, questioned many times. Have you ever heard those thoughts about nutrition, uh, even workouts that can be, that sometimes don't really sound true or you wonder, is that real or is that a myth? Well, I am going to debunk today about, let's see, 14, 14 different myths, and then 15, I'm gonna add one of my own from a great article I read on Healthline. And so we're gonna talk about 15 things that are debunked nutrition myths. But before we get to that, I do wanna tell you that it is the beginning of the month and that is when most of my programs always start. So almost always, if you're looking to get into one of my programs, the first Monday of the month is when most of them start. However, now with the newly revamped five-week Earn That Body program, I actually do that with private clients. So it's no longer done as a group, which means if I was already sold out when you tried to get in for the June 1st session, definitely email me, kim at earnthatbody.com, because I have a couple other slots in June where you can start on a different Monday. So the new five-week Earn That Body is going strong. Clients are getting great results. They're moving into the phase two, which has also been revamped. And now we have another session going into the revamped phase three this week. And that's super exciting. It includes some new workouts that they're going to get and uh, keeping weight loss going, right? Okay. So we're going to get to nutrition myths debunked right after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health from Idea Fitness Journal, they did a study about interval walking in midlife. I thought it was fantastic that they did this study, and I think it's something we all need to remember as we get older. Now, what they said was that for middle-aged and older adults who may not want to run, or even for that matter, who can't run anymore, because a lot of people, as they get older, their knees hurt, their back hurts, there are reasons, hips as well, that they can't run. Well, for these older adults who can't run or don't want to run, new research in the Mayo Clinic shows that high-intensity interval walking effectively improves health and fitness. The protocol for this type of walking is three minutes at 70% of their VO2 max, followed by three minutes at 40% of their VO2 max, and they would repeat this for five or more sets. Now, Shinsu University researchers in Japan studied 677 male and female adults with a mean age of 65 for five months, and participants walked a minimum of four days per week, and data was recorded every two weeks. Now, what was the result? Well, both health and fitness measurements improved as training times increased up to 50 minutes per week but progress plateaued when they did more training than that. 
Study authors noted that this type of exercise is very beneficial and easy to maintain and that many participants remained highly motivated and did more than the suggested minimum. So I love this for so many reasons. First of all, as we get older, I think there's this feeling sometimes like, well, you just can't work out the same as you used to, so you just stop moving quite as much. But walking is one of the best workouts you can do. I mean, personally, I think, honestly, you could lose weight with a walking program and you could get in incredible shape with a proper walking program. Now, that's not just a leisurely walk because as they're saying, this is interval walking where they really push hard for three minutes and then they take recoveries. And so that's certainly an important aspect of what they're talking about. But then the second thing I really liked about this research is when they said everything plateaued after a certain amount, meaning adding more and more exercise is not usually the answer to being more and more fit. So always remember you don't wanna overtrain and also remember that this kind of interval interval walking can and is very effective. So if you ever get injured or you just get older and you can't do certain workouts anymore, you can move on to interval walking. It is going to definitely be effective for what you're looking for. Okay, now let's debunk some nutrition myths out there, all right? Let's start with the very first one that we hear all the time that we've learned from a very young age, and that is that calories in, calories out is all that matters when it comes to weight loss. I mean, how many times have you heard that, right? It's all about calories in and calories out, and, and that's it, that's, that's what the science says, right? Well, yes, in some ways, but we're gonna have to debunk that myth, right? The who creating a calorie deficit, which is what they're talking about with calories in, calories out, by burning more energy than you're actually taking in is a very important factor when it comes to weight loss, but it's not the only thing that matters or gets you results. And relying solely on calorie intake will not account for the large number of variables that can prevent someone from losing weight even when on a very low calorie diet. So for example, hormonal imbalances, health conditions like hypothyroidism, metabolic adaptations, certain medications. Some people have certain genetic factors that make weight loss a lot harder. Even being on a strict diet, if you have any of these conditions or imbalances, it would affect your weight loss. This concept of calories in versus calories out also fails to emphasize the importance of sustainability and diet quality for weight loss. Those following the calories in, calories out method typically concentrate only on the calorie value of foods not the nutrient value. And this can lead to choosing low calorie, nutrient poor foods like rice cakes and egg whites over higher calorie, nutrient dense foods like avocados and whole eggs, which isn't the best overall health choice. It's not always good to go for the less 
nutrient-dense food just because it's lower in calories. So obviously, this is my field. I've been doing weight loss with clients for now over 10 years, and I can tell you that everything I do for my client has to be more than just calories in versus calories out because that just isn't enough to get sustainable weight loss. So number one, debunked. Number two, high fat foods are unhealthy. Now, although this incorrect theory is definitely slowly being put to rest over the last years, many people actually still fear high fat foods and they still follow low fat diets hoping that if they cut their fat intake down, it's going to benefit their health and their weight loss. And again, this is all I do, weight loss. I see clients, hundreds of clients every year, and I do still see some people who are terrified to eat enough fat. Now, dietary fat is essential for optimal health, Plus, low-fat diets have been linked to a greater risk of health issues, including metabolic syndrome, and can lead to an increase in insulin resistance and triglyceride levels, which are known risk factors for heart disease. So, of course, extremes in either direction, too much fat, too little fat, whether it be low-fat, high-fat, you know... Whatever kind of diet you're trying to go on, if it's extreme, yeah, that can harm your health. We don't want too much fat, um, especially when that diet is, is poor quality too, right? So it's not about how high fat, how low fat, what kind of diet is it? Is a low fat or a high fat or a no fat? No, you have to be able to understand that we need a certain amount of healthy fat in our diet. And that's definitely education that I give my clients in my programs because it's so important to understand what healthy fat does for your brain, for your metabolism, for your overall health. So high fat foods are unhealthy, debunked. That is not true at all. Now, number three, non Nutritive sweeteners are healthy. There is always this rising interest in the low calorie, low carbohydrate, sugar free foods, right? Uh, they call them non nutritive sweeteners, NNS. And while it's clear that a diet that is high in added sugar definitely increases disease risk. The intake of these non-nutritive sweeteners can also lead to negative health outcomes. For example, the non-nutritive sweeteners intake may increase your risk of type 2 diabetes by leading to negative shifts in your gut bacteria and promoting blood sugar dysregulation. What's more, regular NNS intake is associated with overall unhealthy lifestyle patterns. So the next time you go to grab a food that says it is sugar free, the next time you look at a package to see how much sugar it has and it says zero sugar and you think, okay, this is a good one. It has zero sugar. You better read the back, read the label. Does it have aspartame? Does it have sucralose? Does it have erythritol? What artificial sweetener is in there that is making it able to be sugar-free or zero grams of sugar. Because if it is zero grams of sugar or sugar-free, there is an artificial sweetener in there. 
depending on what it is, but almost always. So if it says sugar-free, I don't even pick up a package. If they're promoting that it's sugar-free, that means it has an artificial sweetener. They are not healthy. They are chemicals. They do not lead to weight loss. They are not a benefit at all. Non-nutritive sweeteners are healthy. Debunked. Number four, macronutrient ratio matters more than diet quality. Now, although macro coaches, and I wouldn't call myself a macro coach, I would probably just call myself a balanced eating nutrition coach, but although macro coaches may lead you to believe that the ratio of macronutrients, that's your carbs, your protein, your fat, in your diet is all that matters when it comes to weight loss and overall health, this is a very narrow-minded take on nutrition, and it is definitely missing the bigger picture. Now, while tweaking macro ratios can benefit health in many ways, the most important factor in any diet is the quality of the food you eat. So though it may be possible to lose weight by eating nothing but highly processed foods and protein shakes and focusing only on these macronutrient numbers, compared to eating really healthy, balanced food, That's what's gonna help you lose weight, not just hitting a macro ratio. So I I have clients when I work with them, we do look at the macros. We look at so many things in my program because I wanna educate people on a whole. I want them to have balanced lifestyle nutrition that is sustainable, right? So yes, we look at calories. Yes, we look at macros. But another thing I look at is then the quality of the food. One way I can tell right off the bat, usually when I look at their food log, which I look at daily, (laughs) max accountability is definitely what helps my clients lose weight. One thing I look at is fiber. And when I see the fiber is below a certain number, I can almost always look at the food log and see that that was a day for them with really non-quality healthy foods. Now they still might've hit their macro numbers because they can still make it work with certain foods, but that doesn't mean that the quality of their food was where it needs to be. And so it needs to be a balance of everything. Can't just be calories in, calories out, and it can't just be your macros. It also has to be the quality of the food you're eating. So macronutrient ratio matters more than a diet quality, debunked. Number five, this one is a good one. White potatoes are unhealthy. Often labeled as unhealthy, right? By those in the nutrition world, White potatoes are restricted by so many people now who want to lose weight or improve their overall health. And while eating too much of any food, including white potatoes, can lead to weight gain, these starchy, really they're a tuber, right? These starchy tubers, they're actually very nutritious and they can be included as part of a healthy diet. Now, white potatoes, they're a great source of many nutrients. They have a lot of potassium, they have vitamin C, they have great fiber, and also they tend to be more filling than other carb sources like rice and pasta. So they might actually make you feel a little more satiated, a little more satisfied after a meal. So yes, you can enjoy 
white potatoes. You can enjoy a baked potato. I would watch what you put in the baked potato much more than the baked potato itself. I wouldn't have a fried potato. Obviously, French fries I would not have if you're trying to lose weight. Um, but you can enjoy a white potato. Now, personally, a sweet potato isn't even better in some senses potato to have, um, but a white potato is fine. I just, I wouldn't have it daily, but if you're balancing out that healthy carbohydrate with protein and healthy fat, it is okay to have a white potato. People are not gaining weight because they had a couple potatoes that week. So white potatoes are unhealthy, debunked. Number six, low fat and diet foods are healthy alternatives. What do you guys think? You know the answer. Take a trip to your local grocery store and you will find a variety of products that say diet, light, low fat, fat free. And while these products are tempting because you might want to lose a free pound, a few pounds, and you look at that, oh, it's light, it's low fat, it's fat free, and you think that's going to help me shed that excess body weight, right? Typically, low fat and diet foods are unhealthy choices. Research has shown that many low fat and diet foods contain much more added sugar and salt than the regular fat counterpart. It's best to just forego those products and instead enjoy a smaller amount of the real food. So an example would be a full fat yogurt, full fat cheese, nut butters. All of those are so healthy. You don't have to get the no fat version or the low fat version. Do you have to watch how much you eat? Yes, everything in moderation, right? Um, now, a lot of people might ask me, but Kim, you always say in the Eagle Shake, you use non-fat Greek yogurt. I use non-fat Greek yogurt in my shake because I get so much healthy fat the rest of my day. If I wasn't getting in the avocado, the almonds that I eat, I cook with olive oil, I eat fish. If I wasn't getting in that healthy fat from all those other areas, then I would absolutely pick a full fat yogurt. There is nothing wrong with a full fat yogurt. And if that's where you're going to get your healthy fat, fantastic. You can do that. Um, I don't buy no fat, low fat cheese. I don't even know what a no fat cheese is made of these days, but I'm sure they have it. Um, let's talk about nut butters for a minute. Peanut butter being my absolute favorite. The healthy part of peanut butter is the fat that's in it. <laughs> Just so you know, when I see a client eating PB2 powdered peanut butter, I always kind of have a moment of, why are you having a fake processed powdered peanut butter that took the one healthy part of peanut butter out, the fat? You need that healthy fat. It's good for you. What's not good for you? A powdered peanut butter that has nothing nutritious basically in it. You're just using it for flavoring. That, not really healthy. So don't be afraid of full fat items. As we said, low fat, no fat, that's a fad. That's gone. That's a myth. We already debunked it, right? Um, anything that's low fat, no fat, or a diet food is usually just not healthy. Number seven, following a very low calorie diet is the best way to lose weight. Well, while reducing calorie intake can boost weight loss in the beginning, I always like to preface that in the beginning, cutting calories too low can lead to metabolic adaptations and long-term health consequences. 
People do not think about this when they go on those fad detox diets that are starving them. Though going on a very low calorie diet will likely show some rapid weight loss, it is very short term. Long-term adherence to a very low calorie diet is almost impossible because you're starving, right? You're gonna get increased feelings of hunger. It's gonna alter your hormones. It is not going to benefit you to be on these ridiculously low calorie diets that you cannot sustain. So that makes long-term weight loss and then maintenance almost impossible because you that is not lifestyle nutrition. So studies have shown that low calorie dieters rarely succeed in keeping excess weight off long term. So what's really hard is that when your neighbor goes on that fad low calorie diet, she comes to you and she says something crazy like I lost 10 pounds in a week. And you're like, oh my God, it's like you get FOMO. You fear missing out on this diet. FOMOD, I should call it. Fear of missing out diet. Somehow I got to change that. But that's what it is, right? You're like, oh my God, my neighbor lost 10 pounds. She did it in a week. And then, you know, you look at this diet. What is she doing? Oh my gosh, she ate 600 calories a day. OMG, I could eat 600 calories in a meal. So yeah, you're going to lose a lot of weight fast. But guess what? You know this, you've heard this, you've seen this, and you've probably done this. All the weight is gained back and usually then some. Why do you think they add more back usually? Why do you think that happens? Your body is just so, so hungry that you basically binge for days because you starved it for days. Thankfully, your body is so much smarter than you are and me. Thankfully, our body is smarter than we are, I should say it that way, and it's going to do everything it can to survive. So if you're gonna starve it for five days, guess what? It is gonna pump up that starvation the next five days and make you eat even more because it wants to survive. So following a very low calorie diet is the best to lose weight, obviously debunked. Number eight, very good one. You have to be skinny to be healthy. Look, obesity is associated with many health conditions, including type 2 diabetes, heart disease, depression, many cancers, and even early death. Still, reducing your disease risk does not mean you have to be skinny. What's most important is consuming a nutritious, balanced diet and maintaining an active lifestyle. Because those are the behaviors that are going to improve your body weight and your life and your health. It has nothing to do with being skinny. And being skinny is sort of a personal assessment, right? I could look at someone and think, well, she's skinny. And yet the person next to me could look at the same person and think, you think they're skinny? I don't think they're skinny. What is skinny? I mean, is there some weight you have to be at that's considered skinny? Do you have to see your bones to be considered skinny? Like, I don't even like to say, I think the word skinny is just as bad as the word fat. How about that? (laughs) I don't like to say someone's fat and I don't like to say someone's skinny. It's not about skinny, it's not about fat. It is about healthy. That is where you have to get to mentally if you wanna lose weight. If you wanna lose weight with me as your coach, that is where you have to get to. Do you want to be healthy? 
because that is how you're gonna lose weight and keep it off. So you have to be skinny to be healthy. Absolutely not. I've seen many people who are very, very healthy and are not probably what is considered, quote unquote, skinny. Debunked. Number nine. This is an interesting one because it's kind of new research. Calcium supplements are necessary for bone health. Now, many people are told to take calcium supplements to keep their skeletal system healthy. However, the current research is now showing that supplementing with calcium may do more harm than good. For example, some studies have linked calcium supplements to an increased risk of heart disease. Additionally, some research shows that they don't reduce the risk of fractures or osteoporosis. So if you're concerned about your calcium intake, the best way to handle that is to get an increase of dietary sources of calcium. So that would be the full fat yogurt, right? Sardines are actually very high in calcium, certain beans, certain seeds, you're always gonna be better off going with the dietary food source than the supplement. I just think the body doesn't know necessarily how to regulate the supplements people are taking versus how to regulate the food source. The body knows what to do when it digests full fat yogurt. I don't know that it knows what to do with a calcium supplement, you know? As smart as the body is, I think it really just flushes out, hopefully, a lot of the supplements that are taken because I don't think a lot of the supplements are that healthy. Now, this being said, I think it's very important to say this right now. If your doctor has told you you need a calcium supplement because you have osteoporosis, you don't just stop taking your calcium supplements right now because Kim Eagle on the Earn That Body podcast talked about this research. You don't do that. You never go off a medication or a supplement a doctor has recommended. But what you might do is your own research right now. What calcium supplement are you taking? What is the new research? And then you can call your doctor or get an appointment to discuss it with your doctor. Hey, I noticed that they are saying now this is not supporting what we thought it was a year ago, two years ago. Do you recommend I continue to take the supplement? Now, it is a shame that it is our job to ask the doctor that because you would hope that they might like call you and be like, hey, I know we said to take those supplements, but new research has come out and now we're not. It doesn't work that way. You have to be proactive for your life. So if you're on a supplement that a doctor recommended and then you read something that says now the research says, don't stop taking what your doctor said. Call them and discuss it and always do your own research. Don't assume that your doctor has read the most recent research. They're super busy, okay? I give them that. They're super busy and maybe they're not on top of every single research, magazine, supplement, everything. So you have to make it your own personal mission to take care of yourself. But again, don't go off medication or supplements that your doctor recommended. Number 10, fiber supplements are a good substitute for high fiber foods. What do you think? Many people struggle to get enough dietary fiber in their diet, which is why fiber supplements are actually quite popular. And although fiber supplements can benefit health by improving bowel movements and blood sugar control, they actually should not replace real food. 
high fiber, whole foods like vegetables and beans and fruit. These contain nutrients and plant compounds that work synergistically to promote your health. And they cannot be replaced by fiber supplements. Now, sadly, I know people who have taken fiber supplements for like 30, 40 years because they said they were always constipated. And so they got basically hooked on taking a fiber supplement every single night of their life now. And they think that they can't even have a bowel movement at this point without a fiber supplement. But I think that's such a shame because first of all, at this point, if you took a fiber supplement for 30, 40 years, yeah, your body probably does depend on it. And who wants to be dependent on a supplement? I would so much rather increase the volume of fiber in my diet with vegetables, whole grains, and fruit because my body knows what to do with that, right? So don't go for the fiber supplement. Like sometimes people say to me, I'm constipated. You know, should I take something? And I always say, let's look at your food log first. And I start looking at what they're eating. I look at the quality of their food and I look at their fiber levels. And almost always that fiber is not where it needs to be in a dietary way. And often when we get the hydration up and the fiber up, they start having regular bowel movements again. So don't reach for the fiber supplement. It is a crutch and it's not gonna fix the problem. Always try to get the dietary fiber. Number 11, all smoothies and juices are healthy. Certain juices and smoothies can be nutritious. So for example, a nutrient-dense smoothie of freshly made juice, primarily of non-starchy vegetables, can be a great way to get in a lot of vitamins and minerals and perhaps some antioxidants. It's important to know that most juice smoothies, however, sold at stores and places like Jamba Juice and the Juice Shop or whatever it's called here in Austin, (laughs) I don't go to these places, that most of those smoothies, like 99.9% of them, are loaded in sugar and calories. When consumed in excess, they can promote weight gain and other health issues like tooth decay and blood sugar dysregulation because the sugar is off the charts. So this is another one. When my clients first come to me and we just start the food logging process and they put a smoothie um, down on their food log, I look at how much sugar it is. I know how much sugar it's gonna be, but then I say to them, did you see how much sugar your Wonder Chosen smoothie, that's a that's a <laughs> really popular smoothie here in Austin, um, And I said, do you know how much sugar that had in it? And they usually go, no. And I said, well, go look at your food log. You input, you know, that maybe you got it off a label or whatever, but you input it. And then they go, oh my God, it had like 50, 60 grams of sugar in it. Yes. It's like the amount of two sodas. Yes, it's made of fruit. So you think it's healthy. No, it's really not healthy. That is way too much sugar to be ingesting. And half the time, it doesn't even have any protein in it. So it's just sugar. Yes, it comes from fruit, but fruit has to be eaten in moderation because of the sugar content. And honestly, you're better off having the actual fruit than putting it in the smoothie. So be very cautious. I don't go to smoothie shops. I don't go to juice places because they are loaded in sugar. I would rather just have the fruit itself. So be very cautious of that one because people 
fall for that one all the time. They think, but I thought I was having this healthy, you know, health juice. You know, back in the day, like juices and juice shops were like, if you went into those places, that was healthy. You were having like a healthy meal or something. It's really debunked. It's, it's not healthy. Number 12, weight loss is easy. I don't actually know who thinks that. <laughs> Someone think weight loss is easy? Don't be fooled by dramatic before and after photos used by many supplement companies or fad diet programs. Um, stories of when you hear fast weight loss attained with no effort. If that is what the ad is saying, you should run the other way because weight loss isn't easy. It requires consistency. It requires education. It requires hard work. It requires patience. It requires self-love. Did you know that? It really does because you have to be willing to love yourself enough that you want to get healthy in a sustainable, proper way. And that's that's self-love that you're giving back to yourself, okay? Um, weight loss isn't easy, but it can be done. And it doesn't have to be, oh, the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. But to, to, to go into something and think it's going to be easy would be, you know, it would be wrong. It would be a wrong expectation to have. So if you're struggling to lose weight, what I want you to know is you're not alone. It can be a struggle. And the best thing you can do is drown out the weight loss noise that you might be seeing on social media. And if your friend is always on a fad diet and every two weeks she's on a new diet and tells you this week she lost this, or you know, you're know you tired of seeing some of these ads that say fast weight loss or you know do this, you don't even have to work out. Or <laughs> I've seen all kinds of ads that I think are pretty funny. Um, drown that out because it's not true and that's not sustainable. Now you could be saying, well, Kim, you show before and after pictures. I do, but I never show a before and after picture and say, and she did it so easily in two weeks. No, that's not true. It doesn't happen. I am very honest with my clients. I am very honest to say that in my programs, you should expect one to two pounds of weight loss at most per week. So put that together on how many weeks it would take to lose how much weight, and there you have it. And that is the most healthy way to lose weight and keep it off. So I have clients that have been with me for six months. I have clients that have been with me for one year, and now they're almost at goal weight, but they wanted to do it the right way. They wanted to lose one to two pounds a week, and it took a year for them to hit their goal. But you know what? They hit their goal. Does it really matter if it took a year? They're where they wanted to be now. And so you have to look at it that way. You have to know that you want to put the work in because it's going to be worth it at the end. And honestly, the longer it takes, the more of a lifestyle it becomes. It's a habit. It's not a fad. So weight loss is easy, debunked. Number 13, high cholesterol foods are unhealthy. That's a good one, right? Cholesterol-rich foods have gotten a bad rap thanks to a lot of misconceptions about how dietary cholesterol actually affects your heart health. And while some people are more sensitive to dietary cholesterol than others, overall nutrient-dense cholesterol-rich foods can be included in a healthy diet. And in fact, including cholesterol-rich nutritious foods like eggs, including the yolk, that full fat yogurt, that might even boost your health by enhancing feelings of fullness and providing important nutrients that a lot 
of other foods lack. So high cholesterol foods were once to be thought to be the reason your cholesterol was high, but that is no longer what they think. So eggs has definitely changed over the last like five years. They used to tell you, you had to be very cautious of the egg yolk. It was very high in cholesterol. You really shouldn't eat them that much. They say that is not true anymore. That is not how you're getting high cholesterol. So again, you can always do your own research. If your doctor is telling you not to eat A, B, or C because of your cholesterol, do your own research, still follow doctor's orders, but don't be afraid to what? Question your doctor and ask them for more information. Number 14, we are almost done team, but these are some pretty good ones. I love this list. Um, how about this one? Because this one, I mean, I'm sorry, but you probably hear it every month. Carbs, carbohydrates, make you gain weight, right? We know it, right? That's why everybody went on keto years ago, because carbs make you gain weight. Just as fat has been blamed for promoting weight gain and heart disease, carbs have been shunned. How dare they? They shunned the carbs by a lot of people because of the fear that consuming this macronutrient would cause obesity, it would cause diabetes, and all kinds of adverse health effects. But in reality, people, eating a moderate amount of nutritious, healthy carbohydrates that are high in fiber and vitamins and minerals, like the root vegetables, um, ancient grains, legumes, those are gonna benefit your health. They're not gonna harm your health. So for example, dietary patterns that contain a balanced mix of high fiber carbs, mainly from produce, healthy fats, and proteins, like what you've probably heard is considered the Mediterranean diet, they've been associated with a reduced risk of obesity, diabetes, cancers, and heart disease. However, carb-rich foods, Okay, carb-rich, unhealthy carbs like cake and cookie and sweetened beverages like sodas and white bread, those are the carbs. If you want to restrict, those are the ones you want to restrict because those foods can increase weight gain and disease risk when eaten in excess. And as you can see, that's all about food quality. So yes, you can eat carbohydrates. But no, you can't eat the unhealthy ones. <laughs> you can have the unhealthy ones sometimes. You know, I'm not saying, oh, you should never have cookies. You just don't want to have them daily, right? But healthy carbohydrates are so important for the body. And people are missing out on this if they're still in that fad keto world. I'm sorry. You are just missing out and your body needs this nutrition and you're probably lethargic and you're probably burning out your adrenals at this point because your body needs that energy, which is where you get, uh, you get that first source of energy from carbohydrates. So don't be afraid of healthy carbohydrates. They are so important for balanced nutrition. And then number 15, this is off the list. This is my own personal myth that I want to debunk that I hear all the time, that I am amazed that I see this so, so much in society today, which is working out more will mean more weight loss. Did you hear that? Working out more will mean more weight loss. No. Everyone out there, if you are overtraining, if you are working out over two hours every single day, I would guess that you're coming to me because you can't lose any weight, right? And you think, that if you work out less, 
that's going to mean you gain even more weight. So if anything, you're thinking, okay, I got to add another hour of workout, right? Working out more does not lead to weight loss. If anything, it's making you plateau because your body is under so much stress. Exercise is stress on the body. When you exercise, you get some cortisol release. When you overtrain and overexercise, you get more and more cortisol release in your body. Over time, you're gonna get something called adrenal fatigue. Your entire metabolism's gonna slow down, shut down, and you're gonna feel terrible. You're gonna be stuck at a weight that does not feel good at all, and you are gonna feel sorta hopeless and helpless, and it's a terrible place to be because you don't have to be there. Okay, so I know that it's hard for us to think this way because this is not what we were taught from day one. But less exercise can be better than more exercise. And so in my new Earn That Body program, it's funny because uh, we use the Willpower Workout Program, which is a 21-day set calendar. And the first week is not super intense in terms of how long the workouts are, and everybody freaks out. And they all go, well, that that was only a 35-minute workout, so I'm going to need to add something. What should I add? I said, no, you actually, you don't need to add something. You can trust the system and you can trust the program. This is a 21-day build. By the end of the program, you will be doing one-hour workouts, but this week is a build process, and you don't want to overtrain this week. And so half of the people, I would say more because my clients, most of my clients trust me, more than half said, well, that's scary to me, but I'm going to do it because I trust you. And those people all had great results. I had so many people email me after willpower saying, I lost weight in willpower and it's not even a nutrition program. I wasn't even logging food. Those are the people who listened and didn't do the overtraining and added more runs and added this and added that. They just did the program as is. They never felt better. They slept better. They got stronger and their endurance increased. The people who didn't trust me, who were honest at the end and said, you know what? Now I wish I'd done what you said because I am really fatigued by this last week where the intensity increased and um, I haven't lost any weight and I'm kind of tired and I'm not seeing a, a big increase in my strength and I realized that I really was adding a lot more than the program said. Working out more will not mean more weight loss and I know it's hard to believe that, but if you trust me, Trust me, trust me. I've seen it work with so many people, especially the people who have the last five pounds to lose. Those are the hardest pounds. And those are the ones who, when they trust me, the last five pounds come off because often they weren't eating enough. They were working out too much. And when I can get them to balance those two things, that's when the last five pounds come right off. All right. I didn't say easy and I didn't say fast, but they did come off. All right. So the bottom line team, the nutrition world is full of misinformation, right? Leads to public confusion, mistrust of the health professionals, uh, poor dietary choices. This coupled with the fact that nutrition science is constantly changing every day. Nutrition science is changing, right? It's no wonder that people have such a warped view of what constitutes a healthy diet. And although these nutrition myths are likely here to stay and there will just be more and more each day, Educating yourself by separating the fact from fiction when it comes to nutrition, that's what's going to help you feel more empowered to develop a nutritious, sustainable dietary pattern that works for your personal, individual needs. And there you have it. All right, everyone. 
Again, if you feel like you're someone right now who's struggling with your weight and, and you've tried everything, things aren't working, email me directly, Kim at EarnThatBody.com. As I always say, I'm a one-woman show. I will email you back. I will figure out which of my programs is the best option for you. Let's get health into your life. Let's do it the right way so you can stop going on diets because the first three letters of diet are die. And we do not want that. (laughs) Okay, everyone, uh, Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information that you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.